is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. All you have to do, dial in toll-free, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Take control of the airwaves. That's why we call the show Free Talk Live. With you tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. 855-450-FREE is the number for you. And lots of stuff, uh, of course, in the news to discuss tonight. There's something that... Uh, that I had intended to talk about earlier uh, this week, Mark, and, and I just didn't get around to it. And there's obviously other things that we can always talk about in the news, but this isn't really news. Uh, it's it's about a guest that we're going to have on the show tomorrow night, presuming that everything goes well. And I generally am against the idea of invite or of uh, announcing guests in advance. <laughs> you're, advanced, you're against the idea of guests, and you're against. The I'm idea not against of- <laughs> the idea of guests. It's just that's not what this show's about necessarily. Right. The show is an open phones panel discussion with a pro-liberty viewpoint, so we'd rather talk to the callers than guests. Uh, but Mark, you have your own uh, interview show, The Edgington Post. That, to fill that niche. Yeah, because you you know, there's all these people that you really want to talk to, and I'm usually telling you no. So you decided to start your own thing, and I think that's great. Because to some extent, that's exactly what happened, yeah. yeah. And it gives you the opportunity, uninterrupted, to you know, interview somebody for as long as you really feel it's necessary. That's true. And you can find the Edgington Post by going to freetalklive.com, looking along the left-hand side of the page. And there's little uh, you know, tabs there um, on the left-hand side, and you can find the Edgington Post there. And uh, as long as you don't have Google Chrome, you can see a nice little layout of uh, the podcasts. And if you do have Google Chrome, just go ahead and use one of those other browsers you have on your uh, computer to look at that particular area. Yeah, and uh, that's one of the many things you can do with our website. So just kind of on the subject of interviews here, I uh, scheduled an interview for tomorrow night with Mr. Tacpans. Mr. Tacpans. Yes, T-A-C-P-A-N-S. And for longtime listeners of the program, you may have heard Free Talk Live perform interviews with uh, Gene Ray, Dr. Gene Ray of TimeCube.com. If you've ever been to TimeCube.com or have heard Gene Ray interviewed, you know exactly what we're talking about here. Uh, but just to kind of boil it down, Mark, how would you explain TimeCube.com? TimeCube.com is a rambling, insane website where you can go and find out how um, each day contains uh, four days because it's uh, four-cornered Earth, and uh, the people have four-cornered faces and that's pretty four good. faces on one head. That's a, that's a pretty good uh, breakdown. It's really hard to grasp it because it's just, well, like it's, you said, rambling and not gonna grasp incoherent, it. and it's maybe you know in the running for one of the longest pages on the internet, not just in time that it's been around, because it's been around for a long time longer than it's been around for the last decade at least that i can recall and uh it's also a long page physically long like you will scroll down and 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 then down again uh, until you finally reach to the click to the next page too where you'll do the same thing and it's all written by a guy named uh gene ray who is apparently a doctor uh, or so he claims right the internet's full of doctors uh and he's fascinating he's you know a nice guy no, oh, yeah. If you talk to him. Uh, he can put sentences together. He's right. fine. Right. And he's it, got kids. It makes you wonder whether he's just created this idea to get attention on the internet. Because he's definitely an internet meme. I don't think so. He doesn't seem crazy to me, Ian. I I don't... Well, wait a minute. I don't know what he is, but the ideas seem crazy, right? Yeah. From our perspective. Right. To him, they make total sense. I don't know that that's true. Well, I mean, he seems pretty certain about the things that he talks he about, certainly right? certainly makes a good story. You think story. he's BSing you? I do. You think Gene Ray is is 
is a character? You think Jean Ray is not real? I do. Wow, man. I don't think I think you're completely wrong about that. Lo- most people do, I would say. Gene Ray, you know, look, timecube.com has been around for a long time. In fact, I'm going uh-huh. to go to archive.org right now. Timecube.com has been around before internet meme existed. I mean, Agreed. The internet meme is a relatively new concept uh, within the last 5 years, let's say that. Timecube.com according to archive.org goes all the way back to 1998. And uh, for those that don't know, archive.org, handy website. You can go there, type in any web URL you want, and it'll show you, kind of like take you back in the time machine and show you what uh, the website looked like. It's a like long time ago. Back in the day. So, I mean, this site has been around now for, and their server apparently is down, so I can't look at it in 1998. But it claims that it was there in as uh, early as June of 98. I believe them. Which is 14 years, more than 14 years ago. So you don't go and put a you know, rambling, incoherent website online with the intention of becoming an internet meme. You uh, well, don't, that's just not how it works. It didn't start out rambling. It started out kind of weird and uh, got more and more attention. When and was the first time you heard about Time Cube? On this show. Well, then you don't know how it started out, do you? It's, I, I'm, I'm, I'm coming up. I'm speculating. I okay. have no idea how it started out. I'm suggesting then don't make a statement like it started we- like this because you don't know. Okay. Here's my suggestion. All right. It could have started like this. You know, some guy puts some stuff out there on the internet. Let's uh, kind of let's put some crazy stuff on the internet and see what just to happens. mess with people. Just you know, there's the it's basically a blog before there were blogs too, and he just writes this stuff and people got really excited about it because it's crazy as it could possibly be, and. You know, I mean, well, then he starts getting attention, and it's hard to get attention when you're some old white guy in Pinellas Park, Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, who wants to talk to you? That I mean, in Pinellas Park, he's Florida, got a family. He does. He does absolutely. But he's got internet fame, unlike yeah. most people have it. I mean, this guy puts a lot of internet celebrities to shame. By the way, I did uh, pull up his website from 1998. And it's pretty short, man. Like the, the back in oh, the day. Time, so time cube, I was right. Timecube.com. You aren't right about anything. I was right that it was a short website okay. when he started. What else it could is it short. be? It's long now. What would have been the, in the beginning? Anyway, uh, go to timecube.com to see exactly what it is we're talking about. I believe him. But then again, you know, I'm gullible to these kind of things, I guess. Gene Ray seems sincere. Uh, he's really he makes fantastic radio, and he's but he very doesn't believable. do interviews regularly. I mean, it's Free Talk because Live people, and Lionel that have ever right, interviewed this guy. There aren't shows that do this kind of thing. People don't. I mean, Red Bar probably should interview him at some point, but there's not much out there. Red Bar Radio uh, is it RedBarRadio.com? Yes. Uh, there's you know there's not much out there that uh, you know kicks it around like this. So I disagree with you, and and you know we can certainly open the phones to I'm you. I'm willing to be disagreed with. I, we, we I don't know. We can certainly open the phones to you as to what you think is Mark onto something when he suggests that Gene Ray's just putting us on about the time cube. I mean that's not even possible. Just look at the sheer <laughs> amount of rambling incoherence that's on TimeCube.com. No one, even the most dedicated uh, scammer, not scammer, but the most dedicated crank caller, would go so far in creating so much backstory for his character. He would if he was continuing to get feedback. I think that's ridiculous. Isn't that why a cranker does what they do to get feedback? To get reactions. I mean, that's why the, what is it, the, it wasn't the Beastie Boys, or what was the, the name of the, the, I don't know, whatever. Jerky Boys? Jerky Boys. The and, crank callers? Yeah, they would record the reactions of people. They wanted to see the well, reactions. Well, that's the funny part of That a is crank. the funny part. Yeah. And so if Gene Ray is continuing to get reactions, then, yeah. you know. 
I don't know. I I'd, I I'd, I'd, would love to hear what you think. I'd never even heard you propose this before, Mark. I'm shocked by it. 855-450-FREE is the toll-free number. But tomorrow night on Free Talk Live, presuming all goes well, we are going to have for you TimeCube for Web 2.0. Because Gene Ray's website is dated. I mean, if you go to TimeCube.com now, it looks pretty much the same as it did. I mean, in general, like it's still just this white background with text on it. Uh, it looks like that, except it's, it's a lot longer. It's got the grid. It's, it's graph paper. Is it graph paper now? I haven't. I've, no, it's always been graph paper. Really? You just can't see the light blue graph paper? I, I, maybe I'm colorblind or something like that. I, in fact, I know I'm I'm a little bit colorblind. Mm. Oh, you're right. Yep. It's, uh, it's actually graph paper with little twists in it. So it generally looks the same. I think it actually started with a white background, but... It's well, just a long. Why don't you just check check uh, your little archive there. Ramblings, see. yeah, it's it's white. Mark, I was looking at it. Uh, it's just a long rambling page, and you can't interact with it. I mean, there's Gene Ray's email address at the bottom of the page, so you could interact with Gene uh, directly. But there's not, you know, there's no commenting. This is not a blog. It's just an old HTML site, and it hasn't really been updated since then. Gene's still around though, and he's an interesting character. But this new guy, Mister Tackpants, uh, he is undiscovered until now. And we can tell you Ian more. has discovered him. Uh, it wasn't me. Nope. I don't get credit for this. Uh, Boner Joe gets to- oh. all the credit well. on this one, who is a longtime listener of this program, yeah. uh, longtime chat room moderator uh, for, for Free Talk. You call Live. that moderation? 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. About Boner more Joe. about Mr. Tackpans in moments. You take control. Puke in the Gang, the podcast for grumpy young men, brings you issues. We are talking about raping babies. I love Nazis. Beast Jesus. News. New York shuts down vibrator giveaway. Here's a fun story out of uh, Spain. El Correo. No, wait, that's a newspaper. Personal stories. I kicked a windshield once because I was angry. I just got annoyed and I wanted to die. I know all the words to get jiggy with it. I have a horribly tiny penis. Responsible journalism. I'm drinking ball liquor. When we do the show, we're generally drunk. Pukeinthegang.com. And cake. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll free 855 450 free, the SACL CAI toll free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features we will share with you there. We've got a bulletin board system that allows you to interact with other Free Talk Live listeners. It's one of the many features that does that on our website, and it's all free, unlike those other talk show hosts that want to charge you for accessing their sites. Go to freetalklive.com. And enjoy. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. The Free State Project is your best chance at achieving liberty in your lifetime. That's my opinion, and it's backed by real-life action. It's backed by evidence. Uh, there were some folks actually up here tonight visiting Keene. They're going to be visiting the Portsmouth area tomorrow, kind of touring about the state to see what it looks like, see what the activism scene is like as well. And uh, it's great to have people coming up here and looking at making a move. They're talking about selling a house down in Virginia and making the move up here to New Hampshire because, well, gee, it's obviously the destination for activists. We've got over 1,100 people that are here now who love liberty and who are getting active to achieve more of it in our lifetime. There are over 13,000 people that have signed the pledge or the statement of intent, rather, to say that once the Free State Project reaches 20,000 participants, that they will make the move within a five-year window of time. You're welcome to move sooner, like Mark and I did. We did it several years ago. Uh, The sooner you can move, the better, in fact. But uh, the general, like the longest period of time that uh, it will take would be once we reach 20,000, which we still got another 33% uh, to go. 
and then there's that five-year window. So we're going to have more liberty activists per capita here. I think we already do than anywhere else, and it's only going to get better. It's uh, it's not going to be too long now before we outnumber the cops in the state. I was running some numbers on that last night, looking at how many police per capita there are here in New Hampshire, because there are certain other uh, you know competing groups out there that are now attempting to uh, you know compete for potential movers as far as moving all moving activists to one general area. Austin is one of those places, and I was looking at the numbers. The Austin Police Department has sixteen hundred sworn officers, as I understand it. But this, they're, they're, and, people are moving to the Austin area. So yeah. uh, this is the Austin Police Department, but I mean, just for the city of Austin. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, there's uh, and, and so you know that's about the uh, that's a little lower actually than the national average, why, which why is two point three. Why did you choose police as a number to gauge something by, though? Well, I had heard the statement last night made that Austin police was looking to increase their officer count by three hundred. Do you consider more police to be less freedom? Generally, I think that people are not any more safe uh, with the police around. So, yeah, I think that if you if you have more cops, they're going to ticket more people. Uh, if you have more cops, they're going to arrest more peaceful people. I mean, if it, it'd be one thing if the police were only protecting peaceful people and only arresting dangerous people, but that's not what they're doing. Uh, for the most part, they aggress against peaceful people every single day. So having 300 more of them I don't think is, is a good thing. But uh, the national average is 2.3 cops per thousand. So actually Austin is below the national average. As far as uh, their uh, population of cops is concerned, they're like they're like basically 2.0, uh, and that's right about where New Hampshire is. But Manchester has 200 cops. Keene's got 40. So the as far as numbers of cops per uh, like per activist or activist per cop, we've got a much higher ratio here, a much lower, I guess, ratio. There's there are more activists per police officer here, more activists per government employee. Eventually, at some point, we will outnumber the government employees uh, with activists in this state, I would think. And I think that'll be an exciting time. So the more activists we can get together in the same place, the better. Go to freestateproject.org to learn more about this, what is I consider the most exciting liberty movement out there. Let's go to the phones, though, and we'll talk more about Mr. Tackpans here in a moment. Uh, he's an interesting character. Greg is on the line in Missouri. Go ahead, Greg, with your thoughts. Oh uh, yeah, I was um, seeing what you guys thought about the new um, the new drug laws that's going in the new, in the drug war that's going on right now. The new drug war? Well, not the new drug war, but the drug war that's been going on. Oh, I think the drug war is terrible and it needs to end. How do you feel? I mean, I'm not necessarily agreeing with like the drug war, but I'm not saying it needs to end. But there should be less cops. If there was less cops, then there would be less drugs. If there was less Why would there be there less was... drugs if there were less cops? Because there would be no one, because more people would not be, I mean, because less people would be getting arrested for drugs. Like but, marijuana is what I'm like. Marijuana is what I'm trying to get at. How how would having fewer that. police lead to less drugs, though? That doesn't make any sense. No, not fewer. Pro- I mean, maybe I'm misunderstanding. Uh, what you more said. the the more the the more the police, the more the trouble. That there it is. 
Okay, I think that there's some evidence for that. Like, the police have to justify their existence, so therefore they have to go out and round people up and put them into cages so they can get a bigger budget uh, next year. I think that's true. And it's easiest to find marijuana users because it marijuana smells. is stinky and it's bulky and all these other things. If they were out looking for um, harder drugs, it would be a lot more difficult. Yeah, I agree with that. I, but I think that uh, you know, you're going to have a much easier time changing the drug laws uh, then you will reducing the amount of police on the streets. Yeah, but I don't know. It's just that well, the reason for that is because people are under the mistaken impression that the police are out there protecting them. And if you uh, if you put out there, I this, think the presence of the that the existence of police does provide a certain level of protection. Maybe, but the Not existence protection. of guns in people's houses provides more of uh, more of a protection. Might very well. Hey, uh, Greg, thanks Not- for the. Go ahead. It's not protection if they're just put, putting us in jail for no reason. I agree with they're that completely. For the drugs. They're looking for the harder drugs, but then they're stopping people every day on the streets with just uh, a small bag of weed in their pocket, and they put them in jail for months and months. And oh, years. right. They're looking for that, too. I mean, don't don't mistake it. They're looking for marijuana because they want to put people in cages because that's a good thing for them that makes them more money, uh, and that's ultimately what that you know the drug war is all about for the police. They know that they can't win. They know that there's no chance they're going to stop drugs. They're not going to stop any drugs. They're just going to interdict here and there. They're going to confiscate some cash, confiscate some drugs, and then they're going to put a bunch of people in cages uh, for a short period of time for possession, perhaps turn them loose, get them, uh, fine them hundreds of dollars, and then you know make money off the uh, the back end like that. Greg, thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you at eight five five four fifty free. But the reason why you'll have a much easier time and neither I don't make this I don't mean to make it sound like it's going to be easy. I'm just saying it would be easier to change the laws about drugs than to reduce the amount of police and that's because it's one thing to be able to persuade people about marijuana. That's not that hard. Most people know somebody that's smoked pot. They themselves might have smoked it at some point in Chances their, are good they've smoked in, they, they themselves have smoked it in their past. So it's not hard to persuade people on that issue. Plus there's plenty of logic and reason and statistics behind ending the insane war on drugs. But to propose to reduce the police is a is something you're going to come up against some serious opposition on because people be, the police have a great PR. I mean the, the public relations, they're very good at it. They make people believe they're out there protecting them even if they're actually out there aggressing against them well, as our caller the, pointed out. I think the average police officer really did get into their their line of work in order to protect people. I think that it's the it's the way that they're allocated. The manpower is allocated for what appears to be all kinds of uh, you know things that just don't make any sense. Uh, you know, there's there's laws that uh, require instead of uh, security guards on duty at uh, you know certain locations, you have to have police. Here in New Hampshire, instead of just having people that are uh, you know flagmen, you've got to have police uh, standing there doing flagman work, and they're not even very good at it. Um, not always. I've seen regular flagmen. I've seen them too. I don't understand how the rules work, but uh, they'll have the cop sitting in a car sometimes with his air conditioner on, the engine running, or and the lights the heat flashing. Running. That's, uh, good. That's good for the economy, right? Eight five five four fifty free. The SACL CAI toll free line. You can take control of the airwaves, bring up what you want, and we'll introduce you a little bit more to Mr. Tackpants. Come up. Hello, my friends. It's an election year, and everybody wants you to vote for someone. 
I'm your verbal surgeon here to remind you to always vote for yourself first because you are an amazing individual of incredible talent and great skill. We need you to make this country a better place. Vote for yourself and vote for VerbalSurgery.com to help you do that, baby. Free Talk Live, bring up whatever you want. Toll free at 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. We continue with your calls in moments. First, want to make sure you know about the archives that you may access for free at freetalklive.com. Top of the page, where you'll find the last seven days' worth of the show. Then click into the archive section, and you'll be able to go back for a year's worth of Free Talk Live. In addition to that, you can also grab our archives, years worth of them, from our SoundCloud page. You can find that at soundcloud.freetalklive.com and or you can, if you're already on our website, just look on the left-hand side of the page under Listen and Share. Click the SoundCloud link and then you'll see all of our archives there as you scroll down the page. Just click the Share button on any one of those archives that you might want to share with your friends on Facebook or Twitter or some other social networking, bookmarking uh, website. SoundCloud makes it easy. So once again, go to soundcloud.freetalklive.com and please do share our archives. Don't hold back. Freedomsphoenix.com is a it's a news aggregation site. Uh, I go there to uh, find stories. Actually, I have a I get their daily email um, that's sent out. Sometimes it's uh, more than more often than a day that comes out. It's they call it their dispatch. And you can go to Freedoms that's freedoms with an S, phoenix.com, and uh, check them out. They've got all kinds of news stories there aggregated. Um, I'm just looking at some here. Lawmakers considered dissolving the city of D- Detroit. Barbara Harris of Project P- Prevention offers addicts $300 to get sterilized. TSA lashes out at whistleblower for revealing security breaches. All kinds of stories about all kinds of topics, whether it's uh, the economy, technology, communications, or the rise of the police state. You can go now to freedomsphoenix.com and sign up for their free daily dispatch. It's freedomsphoenix.com. Back to the phones and you and your thoughts. Let's go to Bill listening in Florida. He's on the amp lines. Hey, Bill. Hey, Ian, Mark. Uh, just wanted to check in with you guys. You guys have done a couple of great shows recently about the, the military, and I'm an active duty military officer of about 10 years, and... Um, mm-hmm have recent, well, not maybe in the last four or five years, been converted to the ideas of liberty. Uh-huh. Just kind of wanted to sound off on that a little bit. Sure. Okay. Um, I think one of the, the mistakes you guys maybe make is you, you tend to consider, quote, the military. And there, you know, if you're talking about a group of a million people, it's a very diverse group, you know. A lot more than that. Um, it's probably closer to two right. million. Uh, I think active, it's about a million, Mark. Okay, but um, um, if you consider the, the – right, right, there's the the not inactive, and then there's, of all, course, uh, civilians that are involved and um, that kind of thing. But go ahead. Sure, sure. Um, but – and and you guys, you guys wonder a lot, you know, what do people in the military think? And I would say, for the most part, people are like anywhere else in the world. They're mostly apathetic. Um, and – I wouldn't say, you know, I wouldn't say most people are, are bloodthirsty warmongers, but they're just paid by the military industrial, you know, machine. Mm-hmm. And so they have no incentive to really look outside of that. Right. Um, I, I I'd will agree with say, that. I will say that I've had, I wouldn't say a great deal, but some success just talking to people. And, you know, once you, you, you plant enough seeds, people begin to, to realize things. 
And um, it's you know it's interesting to see that from the inside. Um, another thing you guys talked about is why do they not let people out uh, that want to get out? Yeah. And I think one one of the reasons that is is um, you know it, it it's they spend X amount of dollars training someone and then they you know they see that as a loss if they let that person get out. And and I certainly agree with you. They should let people get out, and those people end up not being very beneficial to the organization. Well, from what we've um, heard, they do end up letting people out. I mean, they don't make it easy on them necessarily, but that's like, sort of psychologically difficult, right? They uh, they try to make it difficult, for, like you said, Mark, from a uh, from a mind based standpoint. But ultimately, they haven't really been locking people in brigs over wanting to leave. From what I from what we've heard from people that have uh, claimed to have done this. They they don't make they don't lock them in brigs, but they, they'll they'll make your life really difficult. Um, and anything's and preferable to going overseas and possibly dying in the desert, as far as I'm concerned. I, I, I agree with you on that. Yeah. Um, and then you know I I also hear you guys talk sometimes about people getting screwed by the VA, and I I certainly agree with that. I had a friend who was a doctor for the VA, and she would look uh, you know go in and see a new patient. And she would say that the the records for like the last fifteen years had just been cut and pasted. I mean, those doctors have no incentive to to go out of their when way. When you say cut anybody. and pasted, what do you mean? They what does that mean? Like you know, I think doctors when they they write a note in the computer, you know, and the visit note for what the doctor had done had just been cut and pasted to the last. So there's like the same thing he did last time, he did this time, and that's that's. Or, yeah, like they had didn't even give enough of a care to to really even see the patient. Mm-hmm. Um, um, mm. But it, I guess it's people want to say, oh, either the military guys are getting it really good or they're getting really screwed over. And the truth is, it's both. Um, you know, I I've had jobs where I work a hundred hours a week, and I've had jobs where I work twenty hours a week. You mean in the military? The exact, yeah, and I get paid the exact same either way. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the insanity of all this. It, it's just such an insane, large organization. And, you know, people want to argue about the, the, you know, around the edges of it. But it's just, it's just everything they do is just so over the top insane. If it's, it's insane, a, why do you stay? Um, well, uh, you don't always have choices about these things. Um, you know, you, you sign a contract and you, I, I, I'm willing to honor my contract. How many? Right? Uh, obviously, you only sign a certain number of years up front. How many did you sign up front, and then when you renewed, how many do they get you to renew for? When I, I renewed for, I think, well, when I renewed, it ended up committing um, me to another seven, and that was kind of before I had, that was still kind of a rough mm. Wimbledon at the time, yeah. you know. Uh, see, I didn't realize that. I didn't know what the next term was. Like, we already knew that it's eight years, right, is the typical uh, sign-up for, well, that's for folks. Includes, including including inactive, inactive ready, reserve. ready Reserve. So four years on, four years inactive Ready Reserve. That's the standard it, deal? It, you know, it's so it's just so different for depending on if your officer enlisted, what mm-hmm. your, you know, you know, the pilots come in with a 10-year initial con. you mm-hmm. know, so it's... It's just very different for everybody. When it came up for you, uh, you know, you signed for seven. Could you have done it for less? No, that was kind of the way my career path was going at that time. So you've Um, got, so then at that point, then you're locked in for how many more years at this point? I got about another year. Okay, that's not so bad. 
So yeah. I, I don't think I've disagreed with anything you've said here. Maybe, you know, maybe there's a little, uh, you know, a little polishing we can do in the ways that we uh, discuss these, uh, these these things with folks in the military. But you know, one of the the, the difficulties that we face here on the show is it's one thing when you're talking about the uh, the rabid military lovers that have never been in the military. You're never going to be able to communicate with these people because they don't even have a grasp on reality. But um, it's the rabid military lovers that were in the military, most of whom weren't in some kind of conflict. They were just uh, you know the, the the you know the brass ball polishers or whatever they were um, in the military, and those are the ones that seem to hang on hang so much of their personality after they've gotten out of the military. The four years that they did seems to be the most important part of their life. You know, they could have been, uh, their whole life, they could have been a longshoreman or something like that, but they're going to wear the hat from the ship that they served on for four years, and that that's important, and that's what makes them a good American, and you've got to respect them and thank them for their service. Those are the people that I have the most difficulty with on the show, communicating with. Do you have any advice and, in that and, area? Yeah, we, I would think of it think of it as someone who went to Alabama or Ohio State and is a huge college football fan. Yep. You know what I mean? And and that's really what it is. And what it's do you do about that? I mean, all you could say, if I was to say that the football's kind of stink, it kind of stinks and uh, it's got a it's got a uh, you know, a, a, an environment of violence and people get all kinds of concussions and walk out of it. And for what? Um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't even expect that much trouble from a football fan. I mean, no, you know what? It took me six months of listening to you guys to change my mind on that. You know what I mean? It, <laughs> yeah. It's 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 very it, it's very very difficult. I think I'll all you, you can do really... is is be as courteous as possible to the Try. other person, Try and uh, you know that's it. I mean, communicate in a in a non threatening manner. Well, I, I've got one more, I, I've got one more question, um, and I want to hear it uh, here in a minute. Is what did you said it took six months? Was there one thing we said or one uh, area that we addressed that was uh, very motivating to you? You're your career officer. That's an important uh, thing to talk about. Bill, if you can hang on, uh, I'd love to give you a chance to answer that question. Can you stick with us? Sure. All right, more with Bill. He is in the military and is on board with the ideas of liberty. It's Free Talk Live. Are you a fan of beer, liberty, and good conversation? Do you support freedom, peace, and voluntary interaction? Are you looking to meet others who think like you? Don't wait for your move to the Free State Project to get started when you can do something about it today. This is Amanda Mill, encouraging you to set up a Liberty on the Rocks network near you to begin connecting and informing libertarian thinkers over drinks. Visit www.libertyontherocks.org. This is Free Talk Live. You may take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever you'd like. 855-450-FREE. SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us online. FreeTalkLive.com. Enjoy the features that we share with you on our site. They include the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing their listeners of the program. You can go to Shrine.FreeTalkLive.com. That's Shrine.FreeTalkLive.com. Free Talk Live brought to you by Derek J's Victimless Crime Spree. If you haven't seen it yet, 
be sure you drop by VictimlessCrimeSpree.com because you can watch our friend Derek J as he goes on uh, quite the adventure here in Keene, New Hampshire, as he moved up here from Philly and proceeded to get himself arrested about five times in a year <laughs> did, uh, yeah. for a variety of things. Of course, none of them involved victim. Uh, That's why it's called this Victimless Crime Spree. Indeed. So you can go and see all that video footage, which was put together as a wonderful hour-and-a-half-long feature-length documentary film, and it is available for free and HD at VictimlessCrimeSpree.com. So you can see it now via YouTube. You can also download a torrent of it. And I'm happy to announce that uh, we're still working on the DVD. It's a little bit later than I'd hoped it would be, but I want to make sure we get a, a good product out there. I, I don't want to rush to a deadline because we haven't actually announced a street date for the disc, so it's not like missing a deadline is the end of the world. We are, we already missed one of our deadlines for an earlier street date, uh, so we're probably going to end up seeing it in the springtime of uh, next year, and we'll know more once I actually get everything turned in, but we're really close on uh, wrapping, you know, putting the finishing touches on what is going to be, what I think is going to be an absolutely spectacular uh, DVD presentation. I don't think you've seen it yet, Mark, but the DVD that is. The Victimless Crime Spree? You've seen the movie, but you haven't seen the DVD. Okay. Right? Well, you gave me a DVD to watch at home. I think I burned the movie to a DVD. Okay. You have not seen the director's cut uh, DVD. I don't think I have, no. Of the film because it doesn't exist yet. All right. Well, then that makes for perfect. There's a preview sense. copy floating around here, but that's uh, that's about it. I'm not in the know. Anyway, it's uh, it's got five, it's going to have five hours of bonus video content on there. Of course, you know, you can see it all on YouTube, but nothing is guaranteed to stay on YouTube. There's always that chance that somebody's going to complain, some bureaucrat will send in a complaint to YouTube, and then they'll just pull your video down. So There are lots of video sites. There are lots of video sites, but you if you put something up on YouTube and then it disappears later, then you don't have it anymore unless you have an archive of it. Well, this DVD is going to serve as an archive of all of the footage uh, that basically was created by activists from the year 2011 to, uh, through 2012. It's, it's going to be quite the disc. I'm looking forward to, uh, to getting it out there for you. We'll tell you more as it goes on. But now you can still go see the movie for free over at VictimlessCrimeSpree.com, and we'll let you know when the pre-ordering uh, starts for the disc. Let's go back to Bill. He's in Florida in the military, uh, been there for about 10 years. Mark, you'd asked a question before we went away. Can you re-ask that? Sure, Bill. Um, the question was, is, uh, you know, we've had uh, on Free Talk Live, probably the most uh, iconoclastic position that we take on this show is that, you know, the military isn't necessarily comprised of a bunch of selfless man gods uh, that are giving up their lives for our freedoms. And um, this, you know, this can bring down a lot of problems on uh, on, on Free Talk Live, um, you know, from the standpoint of listeners and advertisers and stations and things like that. And we've, you know, attempted to mold our conversations in the past, you know, you know, throughout the years in order to say these things in a way that is, uh, you know, the easiest to hear for people. And I wanted to know, you're a military officer, I wanted to know from you what you found motivating and uh, convincing about what we say uh, to come on board with our ideas. I, I think you have to start from thinking that most people think the world is a dangerous place. Yep. And so that, you know, that what we're doing, we need to do this to, to keep ourselves safe. And, and so I think we need to acknowledge that the world is a dangerous place. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are plenty of, you know, bad actors, um, some in our country, but not everyone wants to hear that. But, 
you know, the, the, the people in North, you know, the rulers in North Korea and, and Iran and those are maybe easy Venezuela. And, yeah. Right. Right. And, and so, and so we, we have to acknowledge that and just say that, you know, we don't think necessarily that what we're doing is solving the problem. It's creating more problems. And I think what you did on Sunday, or you started to do Mark on Sunday was walk back through, you know, some of the wars that the U S has been in and say, okay, what was the direct threat to U S security here and 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 did we accomplish anything you know and to me the 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 quintessential case is world war one where you know there's just no threat to the u.s and and you lose hundreds of thousands of americans and almost surely directly lead to world war ii right you know and and then and then world war ii directly leads to korea and directly leads to vietnam and and you know I think people, you know, if we can just logically walk through that to people, I think that wins over or at least will make people think a lot more than just saying, well, the troops aren't here to protect you. Because you know, most of the troops are just there for a paycheck, let's be honest. You I, know, If you uh, say that, it's blasphemy. I mean, you can say that, Bill. You're an officer in the military, and maybe somebody would come down on you for saying it. But when I say something like, well, let's be serious, the troops joined, uh, the, milita- joined the military in order to get benefits to go to college and to get a paycheck. I mean, you can take a look at the recruitment numbers from when the economy was good a few years ago to how it is now, and recruitment jumped up when the economy went down. That doesn't say to me that suddenly people got patriotic no and there was a great line i read somewhere i think it was on lou rockwell the other day where they said you know if you had to have been in the military to criticize the military did you have to uh be president to criticize the president yeah. it's just a ludicrous argument from the beginning great point. But i have one i have one more question for you guys and then i'll let you go uh nothing annoys me more than when people thank me for my service it just <laughs> makes me cringe what do you and, and well, I, before you ask your question what do you say well, and my question for you guys was going to be, what do you think I should say? But what I end up usually saying, and I don't think it's a great answer, I, I usually say, well, I'm just a tax thief like the rest of the bureaucrats. <laughs> um, but, and that, that makes people turned off a little bit, I Does think. It? Or, or I say, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing much to protect your freedom or something like that. But, mm. you know, I'll you get a double take, that's guys, for sure. I'll throw out to you guys or any of the listeners that have an idea for what I could say that would be, you know, loving, but also mm. get the idea, please don't don't bow down and worship me. I'm just, you know, stealing your tax money. Yeah, I liked your first answer. It was <laughs> well, yeah, it's uh, it's it's somewhat iconoclastic. Smart. Yeah, I don't know if there's anything that I, I mean, I don't know if you can really coat that one, right? You can't. I don't think you can really candy coat that because I think, it, I think you can, but it's going to take a little bit of thinking. I mean, you know, we it takes time on Free Talk Live to come up with the uh, the right things to say, and I think in this circumstance, it's going to take the, a little time to, to think about it, too. I think that the best way to handle that, I mean, just my, obviously, I'm just going to throw out my, my answer, is to show them some appreciation in response. Say something like, I appreciate where you're coming from with that. But this is what my experience was. You know, you know? What, here's one thing that I do like to say is uh, oftentimes when I run into somebody who's upset about not getting thanked for their service or something like that is I like to, to point out that, look, I consider what you're doing now that you're not in the military to be a far more service. Um, and, you know, like I like to point out on the show, truck drivers as the, uh, in my opinion, the, the pinnacle of uh, people that really are serving. They're getting compensated for their time. But, you know, they everything we touch They've transported. Mm-hmm. And those are people that are truly serving. So maybe you could somehow come back and say, um, you know, you, I, I, what I think is I think the people who 
aren't in the military, the people who are working inside the free market to create value, those are the people I thank. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate your time. Have a great one. Hey, before you go, Bill, uh, there was one question that Mark asked, if you've got time for it. I don't think that you asked it again, Mark. Your question was, what was... Was there one issue? You oh, said yeah, that you'd listened to the show for six months, and then you finally came on board with the ideas of, uh, of freedom. Was there one you know, straw that broke the camel's back? Was there one final thing, or was it just you know, overall that you just kind of came to an epiphany? What happened there? Well, you, you, you got me over on uh, – you know, I was a libertarian-leaning conservative probably. Me too. You know? And you, you won me over on the drug. I you know, maybe been a little pro-marijuana you know, legalization. You, you convinced me on that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I think just, you know, listening enough about, you know, walking through the, the logic of the, the war argument. And once that fell, um, mm-hmm. the, the, the one other thing was intellectual property, but that's kind of esoteric and a libertarian inside joke, you know, I mean, no one else really cares about that, but, yeah. uh, uh, you, you know, once, once the war issue is kind of tackled, I think, um, everything else becomes very clear. Very good. I appreciate uh, your call and thoughts tonight, Bill, and feel free to check in any old time with your experiences uh, on the inside of the military. Appreciate hearing from you. 855-450-FREE. I'm still That's... looking for that just war. Um, I, I would love to hear it and uh, the the justifications for it because I'm looking for that just war. I am not a person who does not believe, who, who believes that there's no such thing as a just war. I just don't think I can find one in U.S. history. 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. You take control. Hour number two is on the way. Coming up, very unusual story from Zurich, where they are going to have drive-in sex boxes. We'll tell you more about it coming up. A science fiction comic adventure from Big Head Press. Quantum Vibe. It's year Free Talk Live. We are launching into the second hour of the program. As always, plenty of time for you and your calls about whatever you want. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us online at freetalklive.com. With you tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. 1-855-450-FREE. Join us online at, uh, again, freetalklive.com. Hope you enjoy all the features that we give you there because they are completely free. You get to actually control the content on the site. Uh, So if you find something that you want to share with us, you can do that. And you'll also share it with other listeners. In fact, Mark, I know you had at least a couple stories that you'd plucked from the front page of freetalklive.com for tonight's show prep. What's one of them? uh, Just in case you... uh, I've got uh, the police investigating a a murder where they just sort of, you know, 
missed the whole thing. Oops. Well, we can talk to you more about that here in a moment. Also in the news, Zurich's going to open drive-in sex boxes. Plus, we haven't yet really introduced you to our guest tomorrow night, who is Mr. Tacpans. Uh, he's the uh, what I consider Time Cube for Web 2.0. We can talk more about him, but first we go to the phones and to the fun. Let's go to Jeff listening in Buffalo, New York. Jeff, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello? Hey, you're on the air. Go ahead. Yeah, hey, what's up, guys? Um, yeah, basically, I'm just trying to get some feedback, some advice. I've been, you know, getting involved in the Zygeist movement and breaking the set, and I saw somebody, you know, talking about, you know, free speech, uh, the radio station. And basically, you know, I've been pushing things on Facebook, you know, with my anger and frustrations with the government and things going on in the Middle East and the corruption, so on and so forth. And I've been, you know, really criticizing the, the U.S. government uh, through poetry on Facebook and I come home today, and next door there's like four cop cars, you know, and there's mm-hmm. no cop, you know, police officer in there. And, I'm, and, you know, I went for a walk, and I'm like, holy shit. Man. Oh, we got to let you go. Thanks for the call. Can't let you say those things on the radio, man. This is not, uh, unfortunately, a free place for that kind of thing, unfortunately. We do have the FCC to deal with. I don't have a problem with what he said. I understand that it was a situation that was frightening. Uh, he had the police next door. He, you know, used an, an expletive that you can't use on FCC regulated airwaves. I'm no fan of the FCC, but it is what it is. It is what it is. We uh, we have to kowtow to that rule in order to keep our radio stations on board. Who have to, of course, kowtow to that yeah. rule in order to keep their licenses. Yeah, that's true. And this is Too a news, bad. and they're on. We're mostly on news talk stations, and it's just not. That kind of language just isn't isn't normally said on those kind of stations. That's because they'll lose their license. If we didn't have the FCC, I think that news talk stations would be fine with that uh, because it's an adult thing to uh, use profanity. Maybe. Um, I, I, I don't know that that's necessarily true. One thing's for sure, in the, in the, the absence of the FCC, I've worked, you and I worked in music radio a great deal. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that uh, you know, rock and roll radio stations have really managed to get a lot of uh, mileage out of is getting as close as you can in the morning show to saying a bad word without right. saying the bad word. Well, you say words Words in replacement for them, right. words that essentially mean the same thing, like frack. Or I or, don't, I, I, I don't give a Vulcan care what yeah. you have to say. Funk. Uh, yeah, uh, things like that. And in order to avoid saying those words, but they, they by pandering in a prurient fashion to these words, they manage to kind of get people excited and they listen a little longer. But, well, right. I find that to be more offensive than a caller accidentally dropping an S-bomb or something like that. I mean, not that I'm offended by it, but as far as... If people are going to be offended by curse words, shouldn't they be more offended by someone replacing a curse word and then using it in the same over and over uh, and over yeah. again in order to get attention? Right, just like you for said, that. to pander, to pander. And, and so I think that would be the you know I think that that would be the dividing line. Like in a world without an FCC, obviously there's still certain community standards that would apply. Uh, some radio stations would still say no no profanity whatsoever Absolutely. because that's what our advertisers want. You know, like you know, warm 105.1. They're not going to let anybody get on the air with uh, with curse words. But in the, con- in the context of a conversation between adults, you know, if somebody drops an S-bomb, I, you know, if I were programming the station, I, it wouldn't be a big deal. If the host were getting on the air like, F this and S this and F you, you, you know, you be, well, that would be a problem, right? Because then they're pandering and they're being lowbrow. Yeah. So I, it would be a fine line, but it would be there for me. I don't think we'd be dropping people necessarily, but you might yeah. be uh, advising them that this isn't the kind of language we use here on this station. 
There you go. Exactly. Yeah, I don't like having to drop people, but it's just the way we got to do it. 855-450-FREE, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Uh, let's go to Lauren. He's in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Lauren. How you guys doing? Um, ahead, I sir. called in, like, what, last week, and you guys were talking about uh, Israel. First off, I want to talk about remote viewing, and I just want to make this comment since you guys cut me off the other day. Well, it was um, an interview. I mean, we were... Yeah, it was an interview, and I, I I probably made you guys look bad or something like that. No, not at all. No, you just don't get as much time to talk as... Uh, you don't get to bl- uh, to filibuster during an interview. If, we, if, you're, if we're interviewing someone, you get to call, ask a question, and then we got to move on. Yeah, we because... got we, we to be able to get people in. But go right ahead. All right. I, I just don't believe in the state of Israel at all because of what the Torah says. The Torah says that will not be a state of Israel until I come down and give you the state of Israel. That's what the Torah says. Okay. I don't believe in any states because the state's a terrible idea that just uh, encourages people to use violence uh, against innocent people. They call themselves the state, and then they think that it's okay to hurt peaceful people, and that applies to all states. But go ahead. What uh, what else was on your mind? Okay. I wanted to talk about remote viewing and um, this, um, you know, talking to, you know, spirits and stuff like that. And I know you guys, um, well, that isn't remote viewing. Remote viewing is basically watching some something else like what being on you know uh uh, being in my state let's say if i'm in Mm -hmm. new york and i could travel to uh new hampshire and watch you guys traveling metaphysically it's like astral projection yeah i've heard about this before i mean i've heard coast to coast they've certainly talked about uh these sorts of things and it sounds you know preposterous i i don't think anybody's ever been able to prove that they have this ability uh james the the, the great randy uh out there uh will uh, provide you with one million dollars if you can uh, prove that remote- under scientific cir- you know circumstances right, prove that you can look at the contents you know you can discern the contents of a box or something or whatever i mean if you can accurately discern the contents of whatever location in a you know scientifically testable provable manner you could win a million dollars so have you been practicing at this because that's what the remote viewing people suggest is that you have to practice at it well i haven't practiced it um and i don't think if you do practice it you shouldn't you know be out in front about it it's not really a safe uh, thing to do it's not safe well I, do I have to go over the history with our government and, um, you know, taking people out and locking them out and stuff for well, having information? But but if if you could remote view, the suggestion is that most people could remote view, or at least a percentage of the population could remote view, and the well, government it's would. Real. It's very much real. No, it's how do you know real. it's real? Right, I, I don't believe well, it for a second. But... Real? Why do you think our government, in you know, different departments of our government, practice? I mean, the CIA, that doesn't mean that, anything. Just because the government, if it's true what you're saying, and the government spent to money on this. lasers to dolphins, man. I mean, the government does all kinds of stupid stuff with the money that they have. What makes you think that because the government does something that it's legitimate or that it's somehow valid? It is. It is legitimate. We've had that doesn't answer my question. What they, makes you think that something the government does is automatically valid? Because it's such a um, it's it's a it's a huge field to get into to tap into our third eye. It's a huge field. That doesn't answer. No, you're not being you're being non-responsive now. You believe that because your evidence that remote viewing is real is that you believe that the government has engaged in experiments with remote viewing. That is not my evidence, sir. So what is it that makes you think it's real? 
because if you read about human history, you can, uh, um, you know, see, come to the conclusion that there are, we're, we're not exposed to everything, you know? Uh, I mean, look at the, the pyramids, look at the, uh, the seven wonders of the world. How were they um, able to build the pyramids the way they did in Egypt? I'm not telling you that these things are impossible. I'm just telling you that I don't have any evidence to believe that they're currently possible. I'm not telling you I disbelieve people who say they've had out-of-body experiences. I believe that, you know, that you know, those people are telling me the truth that's true for them. Uh, but I don't know. It's the it, replication that really gets yeah. gets to me. Um, if 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 one claims that one can can do remote viewing, then they should be able to do it on command. If so, they should be able to tell me the contents of my right p- front pocket. And I, no one's going to do that. Well, they might tell you, Mark, that they can only remote view in a room or something like that. Fine, there may I'll be go some... put something in the next room. Yeah, Lauren, it's poppycock, and there's no evidence that shows that it's true, but you're welcome there's to continue evidence. believing whatever's fantasy CIA, land for you. CIA, I mean, all the departments, they've yeah. done It's the government. They, they are to... incompetent. Thank they you. Have... More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society, the wheel, the printing press the internet now in a world sliding into financial chaos a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world it is called bitcoin bitcoin is a new form of money controlled not by banks governments or corporations but through mutual commerce between free individuals to learn more visit weusecoins.com This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything that you want. Toll-free number is 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that we share with you. Uh, They include news updates. Go to news.freetalklive.com. That will allow you to access our email news list. Uh, You can get signed up to receive emailed updates from the show in regards to what's going on with Free Talk Live. It's the best way to keep in the loop. Uh, But also Twitter and Facebook are available to you. You can go to news.freetalklive.com to follow us on either one of those services. And on Twitter and Facebook, you're going to receive the news that we send out to the email list. You'll get that. But you'll also get additional uh, postings like questions. Mark, you just asked a question on uh, Twitter and Facebook a moment ago. Yep. What was it? It was... uh Lauren called in again, this time about remote viewing. Before that, it was reptilians. What could possibly be next? (laughs) So you can respond to that, Twitter and Facebook, and also sometimes we'll post show prep and other observations during the show. So that's the most uh, granular way to access Free Talk Live's updates online. But they're all available through news.freetalklive.com. Go and get signed up for whatever you want. Buyemergencyfoods.com is the place to go to get your food for whatever emergency situation might come around. Um, It's difficult to know what kind of disastrous situation might occur the financial the world financial system appears to be you know teetering on the brink um there's just a terrible hurricane that left a couple of you know left hundreds of thousands of people in a couple of states in really bad shape and you probably should be ready for these things one of the ways to be ready is to have some food in case of an emergency the way to do that is to go to buyemergencyfoods.com why them there's lots of places you could go Well, there's lots of good reasons that you should buy the Legacy Premium brand from BuyEmergencyFoods.com. And 
Let me rattle off a few of them. You can go to their website at buyemergencyfoods.com and take a look at the comparison chart that they have with the uh, other um, the other food manufacturers over there. But uh, let me get, tell you a few of them. They're the only one that is certified 100% GMO-free. They, are, they have zero MSGs, no artificial flavors, and they're the only one that puts an oxygen absorber into every nitrogen-flushed Mylar pouch. They've get, you can get, by the way, they're about half the price of every other competitor over there. Use coupon code FTL to save an additional 5% off your already half price of everybody else um, at buyemergencyfoods.com. Yes, they have gluten-free uh, varieties and vegetarian varieties. Buyemergencyfoods.com. There you can go see the product info. On the, you know, Look for product info on the uh, navigation bar, and underneath that, best value in the industry will give you a chart that compares them all. I found it extraordinarily motivating. Maybe you will, too. Buyemergencyfoods.com. All right, we continue here. We'll, of course, take your calls about anything. 855-450-FREE. We can go back to uh, Mr. Tackpans, who actually uh, Lauren in New York might find very interesting uh, tomorrow night. We just finished up with Lauren uh, a moment ago, and he had called to suggest that he believes in this concept known as remote viewing. Uh, It's something you'll probably hear about if you listen to one of those overnight shows like uh, Art Bell, or I guess it's not Art Bell anymore, but Coast to Coast uh, AM, as it is called. Call it on the wild card line. Where anyone will call in and, uh, and they'll have all kinds of guests on with wild claims. How many of them are actually true is another question, and the host of the show doesn't really seem to be concerned with how valid the claims are. He just wants people to be able to talk about their beliefs. And I think people should be able to talk about this stuff. Uh, I mean, you know, fine. I think it's great. And I think that there's, you know, there's times and places for that. And Free Talk Live, you certainly can. But don't expect us to just, you know, roll over. Right. We're not going to come on board with your bandwagon. And I'm not going to spend my time tonight trying to, uh, you know, learn remote viewing but if lauren wants to spend his time attempting to project him uh, his mind into some other space and somehow visualize something i think it's it's silly uh you know maybe there are people who can do it but they haven't proven it because if they'd proven Certainly it not to me it right if they've proven it then there would be solid evidence out there and so when asked that uh when lauren was asked about well what makes you think this is real his answer was well the government the government does these things. The government has spent money investigating this. The government had the government had... has a lot of money yeah. that they didn't earn. Let me tell you the, the the chart of responsibility that comes with money. The most responsible people with money are people that are spending the money that they earned. Mm-hmm. The next level of responsibility is uh, spending money that. Um, it's been delegated to you to spend by another person. By another individual so that like, you know. So, like, you delegate your money to your wife. Yeah, that's correct. And yeah. she does a very good job of uh, That's why you delegate it to her, because you feel like she's doing a decent job. If she did a terrible job, you'd probably not do that. But when, you're, when, you're, when uh, the government is spending money, they don't know you, and they didn't earn the money. So they don't have any kind of relationship to spending it properly. Don't expect the government. The government says to themselves, "Well, if we could, if if this remote viewing thing is true, then we would have a we would have a great advantage over the Germans mm-hmm. or the Russians." Let's spend five hundred thousand dollars and find out. Five hundred thousand. 
That's not even renting the building. Well, 500 million. Yeah. I don't know, Mark. I mean, I don't know I what don't know. they spent on remote either. viewing or how valid those even those claims are. But I'm just going to... But just go ahead and watch the movie Men Who Stare at Goats. And, yeah, I mean, you know... Isn't that the one where they all took acid at the end? I think so, yeah. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> no, the government hasn't remote viewed anyone anywhere. So they're the government. And as you pointed out, they spend a lot of money on a bunch of stupid stuff. But what is it that makes people believe that, well, because the government spent money on it, it must be valid, it must be okay, or it must be it's something that's the worthy? Lo- the logical fallacy of argu- argumentum, well, the argument from authority. Yeah. So well, also, it's a I logical think that, fallacy. Well, but th- but th- what brings o- people to that point, though? It's only called a logical fallacy because people do it. I mean, my mom believed it, so I'm going to believe it. It is a very common human way to think. Humans do not think logically. Humans think emotionally. So therefore, that's why they call it a logical fallacy. Now, you wouldn't say that remote viewing is true because the sky is blue. Nobody thinks that way. People think, well, you know, somebody in authority said this or somebody close to me said this, and so therefore it must be true. That, that's, that's why they have a logical fallacy based on that, because humans tend to not think logically. So I think that what leads to this is, one, the fact that we're educated in government schools. And for the most, we being almost everyone in this country, there's a small group, a select group that is not, but most people are. And the message in these government schools is that government is necessary. Government is good. Government is helpful. Boy, you know, if we didn't have government, we wouldn't have gotten to the moon. There are all these things that are kind of chalked up to government as, whoa, they're out there protecting you. And you don't even think about it. Yeah. So they're, you know, at the very beginning of your lifespan, you're hearing all these things about government. Then you get out of uh, government school, maybe going to government college where... It's even worse. And then beyond that, you're then in a society in which everyone was educated by the government. So all the people in the news media and in Hollywood are also of that same, you know, similar pro-government, government-helps-things belief system, even though all the evidence is contrary to that, even though the evidence is that government, you know, aggresses against peaceful people, the government wastes uh, the money that it steals from folks and so on. But the people that mold opinions believe in government. And so the people that create things like Hollywood movies or uh, television programs usually have not a, you know, dumb government uh, that they're, uh, you know, depicting in their films. They're the smartest government and they've got all these great tools and they've got so much funding and we can come back here a moment. They're very competent. 855-450-FREE and heroic and everything's free talk live. Are you looking for camping, hunting, survival, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries the name brands you want at the lowest prices. Ammunition, knives, firearm accessories, archery, air guns, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, and boating equipment. ManVentureOutpost.com is family-owned, members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau, and has the lowest prices. Go check it for yourself. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. This is Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free. 855-453, the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that we share with you there. Uh, They include listening options, live stream. Uh, We've got three of them. 
got the broadband, the midband, and the narrowband versions of the show. They're available around the clock. So if it's in the middle of the night and you want to hear the latest episode of Free Talk Live, no problem. Just click over to listen.freetalklive.com and you'll find our links to our streams there. In addition, you'll learn about our over 110 great radio stations that air the show at various times throughout the week. Our satellite listening choices, including XM Satellite Radio, where we're heard on two different channels. And in addition to that, we've also got our webcam and uh, the listen lines that allow you to call from any phone that can dial long distance. Plus, you can also get us up on KU Band Satellite via free-to-air. So once again, that's listen.freetalklive.com for details. One of the realities of a world with fiat currencies is the state inflates the currency base to fund its wars. It's mathematically impossible to inflate bitcoins. If the world used bitcoins, governments would have to think long and hard about who they blew up. Antiwar.com is having its fun drive, and they take bitcoins. Go to antiwar.freetalklive.com and donate to this worthy organization. They're the only ones out there reporting news that isn't slanted towards war. Antiwar.freetalklive.com to donate in Bitcoin. And you can go and they'll obviously take your FRNs also. Antiwar.freetalklive.com. All right, so 855-450-FREE, that's the toll-free number. I was suggesting that this reason that the reason that people believe, as Lauren does, uh, in the government and that they're all, they're just so efficient and they've always got the best information and they're acting on it in the most well, efficient and effective I manner. I don't think that's true. I don't think Lauren would think that. I think Lauren believes that the government is you know inefficient and um, as everyone else does, unless it's about something that he is interested in. So he's got a bias in this particular area. Um, you know, just because he's interested in remote viewing and reptilians and whatever else uh, sort of conspiracy thoughts that he has. I mean, didn't you have this thought process once that you thought that the government was efficient in some areas but not in others? I can tell you that I was certainly more ignorant when I was younger about this particular issue, and Lauren, I think, is only uh, 17 in this matter. So, you know, there's a time in my life where I would have thought, you know, as I was programmed to think, I grew up watching the same, you know, these movies where government is positioned as this uh, brilliant, you know, the investigators are brilliant. They've got the access to the best technology. And there, you know, of course, there's this kind of common misconception that the government is is years and years, light years ahead of us. They're just holding back all the technology from us normal folk because they're the government and they can do that. They've got the alien spaceships that they're getting the technology from. I don't know, Mark, if Lauren does believe uh, that uh, the government is inefficient in any way, shape, or form. I think that the people that are, are th- that buy into the conspiracy theories like the government did 9-11 or the government can do remote viewing or the government was, you know, you fill in the blank or harp, for instance, uh, that by give the government a lot of credit. They give the government a lot of credit when there's more than enough evidence out there that the government is absolutely incompetent at almost everything that they do. But the people who believe in conspiracy theories, even if they can observe the incompetence in government normally, still believe that there are certain wings of the government that are incredibly competent, that they know exactly what they're doing and uh, I mean, I'm not saying that they're all completely numbskulls. You can't open a you can't open a newspaper in this country without reading about something that has to do with a government leak. But yeah. somehow or another, Roswell contains aliens or whatever. Mm. And you know, Clinton said that he went and investigated that and it didn't have anything. You know, I mean, I, I I'm sorry, I just. I, 
I, I don't believe it. Like, so I want to be fair. I'm not saying that everyone in the government is numbskulls or stupid. I'm not saying that at all. It's the incentives about government right. that, in, that encourages incompetence. None of them is nearly incompetent as all of them. I mean, (laughs) that's how it goes with groups, especially groups that Mm -hmm. don't have incentives in the right directions. Look, I've been I've been involved in organizations, not for profits that, uh, you know, are staffed by people who are volunteers. It's not very efficient. Right. So your thoughts are certainly welcome. 855-450-FREE. So basically, my default position is when it comes to government, because the evidence is this. The default position is they generally don't know what they're doing. They're generally poor at what they attempt to accomplish. They're generally inefficient. And maybe there's some sort of example of that that can defy those uh, presumptions. But generally, I've not seen that. Have you? I There has to be some, some situation where it defies it, but I, I haven't seen it either. All right. So uh, you can take control of the airwaves here. We were talking at the very beginning of the show about uh, somebody who we're expecting to be a guest tomorrow night. And, Mark, you're going to have to be a listener because you take Friday nights off. Uh, Daryl will be here with me. And that's a good thing because Daryl was there when we discovered uh, Mr. Tackpans. It was uh, Boner Joe from the Free Talk Live uh, chat room, the, the bulletin board system. He lives here in Keene. And we were doing this, uh, I guess you could call it like a group Facebooking. It was something I'd never really engaged in uh, before. And I don't know how many people do this. But uh, we were looking at Facebook on a projector and just kind of going around and playing little games, like seeing how many times certain words were said on some people's pages, like one particularly crass comedian, how many times the F-bomb was uh, was used on his page, uh, those sorts of things. Just, you know, kill a little bit of time, doing a little... It was kind of like actually socially in using Facebook. Like the first time that Facebook had ever been used in my life in a social manner. Because it's called social networking, but you're sitting alone at your computer typically when you're using Facebook. This was actually a group of maybe six or seven people socially using Facebook social together networking. and talking about what they saw and all that. Anyway, we ended up on uh, YouTube at one point, and I don't even remember what the search term was, but Boner Joe, as we were scrolling down the page, said he wanted to see the video of the guy in the mustache. And it was just the mustache that attracted him to the video. It wasn't even necessarily what the title was. Boner Joe does have a kook radar. He totally zoomed in on this guy. And uh, Mr. Tackpans is an interesting character. He's based in uh, the Montreal area. And he, when you talk to him, is coherent. He will put together sentences in short form just fine. And you can interact with him in that way. He's on Facebook. Uh, He's not on Facebook as Mr. Tackpans, but uh, you can go to his, his blog and you can access his Facebook there. His blog, by the way, is mrtackpans.blogspot.com. That's blogspot.com. Let me just give you a taste here. I've, I've, I've talked enough about him. Uh, this is his video, Truth PM, Truth AM. You figure the rest. Uh, and he's, uh, he's wearing face paint in this particular video uh, and sunglasses. Normally, he just kind of looks like his normal... Uh, mustached self but i'm just going to give you an excerpt here from mr tagman my friends i really like to thank very much don don adam i don't know what your last name is but thank you very much because i've been talking about the moon being an ipod and every other moon that you see in the sky they're all ipods there's all a reason you don't think now you don't really need to hear too much more to know uh that this guy you know that doesn't really make much sense (laughs) but to uh to him it absolutely does and i'm we're going to have him on the show tomorrow night. It's going to be an open phones uh, discussion with Mr. Tackpans. I don't know where it's going to go, but it will be uh, something where you'll be able to call like with Gene Ray and kind of ask him anything. The, the 60 moons on Jupiter mean anything? 
you you don't think that the 63 moons or the 63 moons on Jupiter mean anything to 60 moons on Saturn? Why 60 moons on Saturn? Because Mars and Earth, the three moons, don't go there. Or do you think the moons are just there just because? No, they're transport. They're trucks. They're trailers. They're moving product here and there. It's the now, interestingly, I was talking with Mr. Tackpans uh, on Facebook when I was setting up the uh, the meeting or the his appearance tomorrow night, and he, you know, I asked him what he was doing for work because I was curious. Like he's he puts these videos up every single day, and some of them are um, 50 minutes long, mm. an hour and a half long. Some of them are five. Mostly Rambling. they're longer, though. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. And uh, and he apparently does work, so he's not like just sitting around collecting a welfare check. He actually goes in and, and does some welding, apparently. Before, God bless him. Before he was placed on lithium, uh, he was a truck driver for about 25 years, so maybe that's well, where Well, so the, he's a specialist in moons being trans, truck, trucks, apparently transport, so. tractor trailers. It's only a letter or a vowel being moved from one end of the world to the other end of the world, telling us secrets that we can't hear. But the implying everything, what they call this is a pitong, okay? He's showing me some sort of food. Very dangerous, they say. Very dangerous, but the Chinese eat it raw. And he's eating it. I don't know what it is, actually. Uh, he <laughs> was good. eating raw meat on another. Onion. He was eating raw meat on another video. Okay. Yeah. Uh, 855-450-FREE. There's a little taste for you for Mr. Tackpans. Hopefully he'll be on with us tomorrow night. You can call about anything. More coming up. If you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate, well, I know a guy who's really great. It's the realtor Mark Warden. Do you want a home with 20 acres, a lakeside cabin, any takers for renters, buyers, and sellers too? Mark Warden is the guy for you. PorcupineRealEstate.com This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything that you would like. The toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com is the place to go. And if you enjoy this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, one of the ways to do that is by shopping with us. Go to shop.freetalklive.com. And it is there that you will find links to Amazon. There are different Amazons, uh, one for the U.K., one for, the, one for Canada, and one for the United States. You click, uh, click into the right one for you and then get your shopping taken care of. Get the stuff that you're looking for and you'll help Free Talk Live at the same time. Because the, what's happening is you're entering through our affiliate link, so Free Talk Live will then get a, a portion of the total purchase price. And it's the same great prices. So whether you enter through our link or you go the normal route through to Amazon, you'll see it. the prices are the same. It's the same huge selection. It's the same Amazon shopping experience you're used to. It's just that if you take that extra moment to go through shop.freetalklive.com, then Amazon cuts us. It's about 7 or 8% depending on the volume that uh, Free Talk Live listeners purchase in, in any given month. And uh, electronics are less. It's like 4% on electronics. But m- pretty much everything else is like 7 to 8%. And uh, that's pretty cool because all we're doing is sending them the business and they're 
cutting us that off their profits. So, and this is you know this is the same shopping you'd normally do, the same prices, the same service you'd normally right. get. All it does is it costs you an extra moment or two to go through shop.freetalklive.com. Whether you're going to Amazon or Newegg or whatever the uh, you know the retailer is that we've got there at shop.freetalklive.com, please go check them out yep. and see where you can do your online shopping and you know just take that extra moment because it's really a big deal for us. Great way to help Free Talk Live. Once again, shop.freetalklive.com. Zurich Sex Boxes. You ever heard of this one before? I certainly haven't. The Zurich Council, according to The Telegraph in the UK, has approved a plan to build sex boxes. They hope they'll provide discreet locations for prostitutes and their clients to conduct business when they open in August of next year. Located in an industrial area of the city, the row of garage-like boxes will have roofs and walls for privacy and easy access for cars. Sounds almost like a like a, a car wash. Hmm. I don't know. It's very strange. I don't know. I guess maybe there's like a garage door on the back, but there are, they don't show you pictures of these sex boxes here. Uh, maybe they're still in the planning stages. The they're council like a little free hotel rooms. The council? No, not free. The council estimates oh. that around uh, thirty. We'll give you more on that here in a moment. That around thirty prostitutes will meet clients at the site of the boxes and use the drive-in slots, so to speak, on a first-come, first-served basis. Michael Herzig from Zurich's Social Welfare Department said, this basically is a welfare program, apparently, uh, the, or some sort of government program. The big difference is that until now, prostitution has been in the public space. Now we're going to change this. Move it from the street to a private space in an old industrial area which belongs to the city. This gives us the possibility to define the rules of prostitution in this area. Wouldn't zoning do that? Um, what do you mean? Just letting businesses open, you know, prostitutes open up their own, uh, you know, little areas in the industrial area. Rather well, than rather than a state-run brothel, yeah. which is what this is, yep. um, a state-run drive-in brothel, right? Um, <laughs> like the Valvoline for prostitution. <laughs> why not? I, and I just don't understand why not turn it over. I mean, what has the state done that's so efficient? Even in Switzerland, which is supposed to be this model of perfect government, I guess. Um, what have they? What have they done that's so efficient that they should go into that? They should start this new area of expertise, which is the unexplored area of drive-in brothels. I find this very strange. It's hard to even. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Uh, it's hard to even uh, comprehend how this is going to work, because it says here that uh, you know they're going to meet the clients at the site of the boxes. So, are the prostitutes just going to be out on the street at the site of the boxes? I think so. I think that it might it might work out for them to some extent. It's not a bad idea. If this is where we don't get arrested for doing prostitution, mm-hmm. then that's where the prostitutes will be. I I I guarantee that that part will work. Um, I. I don't know what it's going to be like in these boxes. I know that whatever inefficiencies, I know that if, I can if, tell you what it's going to be like. If something can be can go wrong, the state it, it certainly will go right. wrong with a state owned owned version. I can tell you what it's going to be like. Anybody that's ever gone into anything owned by the state knows how bare bones it tends to be, how institutional it it's like uh, the tends bathroom to feel. At the park. Yeah, imagine that. Imagine the park bathroom, a little larger, with no toilet. You're just in some sort of industrial box, in some kind of institutional prostitute box. I mean, it. I can't imagine they're going to hose that place out after every single use. So what level of cleanliness will it have? I don't know. I guess if it's happening in your car, then... You know, if you're going to be buying no a prostitute on the streets, you're probably not that concerned about cleanliness in the first place. So I guess what's the big deal? 
But anyway, the opening of the sex boxes, according to the Telegraph, will coincide with a major reform of prostitution laws in Zurich. Prostitution will be outlawed in certain areas of Zurich where it has taken grip and led to local complaints about women being harassed on the streets and the activities of pimps. The prostitutes who use the sex boxes will also have to take out medical insurance and buy a 26-pound license in order to ply their trade. On top of that, they'll have Gotta to have a license. Yep, they'll have to feed uh, five Swiss francs about a uh, about a three. Well, doesn't matter how much how many pounds that is into a roadside ticket machine each night when they clock on. So this is just their They're fee punching for working in. that evening. Yeah, but they get the broom for free. I guess that's included, yeah, in the uh, in that fee. Uh, okay. Mr. Herzig said the attractions of the sex boxes for prostitutes will outweigh the rather dour industrial location, which lies just a stone's throw from a major rail depot. I'll He's- give him that. He said the women will be better protected from attack, and it will also mean better business for them. With the women right by the sex boxes, there's no travel time, so they can deal with more customers. It's a better business model than standing in the street, he says. The council. I just don't understand why they wouldn't sell licenses to open brothels and only give the licenses to people that open in this industrial area. Yeah, that's one thing that's not made clear here uh, is to, you know, why aren't they, do they not have a red light district in Zurich? Uh, no, they don't. I'm guessing. Yeah, I'm guessing that they don't, and that would be, I would think, helpful here because if you were a prostitute, you don't want to stand out in the cold, right? You know, you want to sit behind your protected window and have a bouncer nearby who's willing to take care of any unwanted uh, customers or looky loos, for instance. Uh, so this is a bizarre solution to a problem that government created in the first place. But one problem standing in the way of the sex boxes – oh, excuse me. The council also believed that – The problem with these being a public area is then every weirdo that wants to come to this public area and hang out can do that and threaten the, the ladies there. Whereas opposed to if they had their own areas um, that they were able to open their own shops – Run or, their own security. And they'd be able to run their own security. Then somebody would be able to kick anybody out. This weirdo comes around, um, you know, hey, Boris, kick him out. The lady said you have to go. Yeah. The council also believes the privacy afforded by both the boxes and their location should appeal to clients eager to, preser- e- eager to preserve their an- anonymity. But one problem standing in the way of the sex boxes is telling the prostitutes about them and their advantages. Many of the women working the streets of Zurich are foreigners who speak only a little German and may be unaware of the approaching changes to their working lives. Uh, they can't uh, – maybe, maybe they're completely illiterate, but you'd think that they could come up with uh, you know, somebody who could translate to whatever their language might be. This sounds like it's going to be a, an interesting situation. I hope that we'll hear more about it as it develops. If it's a good idea, if it's a good idea, then the business will uh, – then the ladies who are working whatever district it is in, in the other areas will end up leaving because there's enough – German-speaking prostitutes to drive the, the rest of them out of business if they go to the industrial area and they can get all the business. Because that's where – if that's where you're not – you're going to go and the Johns aren't going to get arrested and they're not going to get hassled and it's going to be the, you know, the best, cleanest, safest place to be, that's where they're going to go. So uh, you're certainly welcome to comment on this story. Uh, maybe you've been over to Zurich and you have some experience. Maybe you live there. Uh, maybe you have some experience 
in what the prostitution scene is like and how you feel about this uh, proposal. 855-450-FREE. Maybe you're upset that we're even talking about prostitution. Uh, Certainly you're welcome to call in, share your thoughts. You can always bring up anything that you want as well. But of course, the real solution to whatever the prostitution, you know, they're, they're saying the problems are that women are being harassed on the streets and that there's still issues with with pimps. Uh, so what yeah. you do pimps is are this uh, this this throwback to a time when, you know, prostitution was I mean, you know, the pimp, pimps aren't that useful in the area of prostitution. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you know, I mean, all all a woman needs is she can she can find John's on her own if she oh, yeah. can advertise what, you can do it two ways online or sit in a window. And you're going to find John's. And, uh, you know, she needs a certain level of, of protection, somebody to handle security. Not yep. to say that women couldn't handle security, but it's, uh, you know, they have to delegate a certain amount of authority to, enable, to be able to work, you know. Okay, I am looking here. I've got video of the uh, the booth and what it looks like. I'll tell you a little bit more about that here. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. Hour number three is next. Tell us your thoughts on legal prostitution. What's the best way to do that? Does it need to be some sort of government-created system, or should the market just be able to decide these things? It looks kind of like a car wash bay. Free Talk Live. Do you have a website or product that you make available to people nationally or even internationally? Free Talk Live is heard on more than 100 radio stations and 2XM channels. FTL has also been voted five times the best political podcast of the year and four times been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list, the 100 most important radio programs in the country. We can do ad packages for you from as little as $500 a month on up to $3,000. I'll work with you to customize a package that will work within your budget. Contact me, Mark, at Mark at FreeTalkLive.com. This is Free Talk Live, launching into the third hour of the program, and you, as always, may bring up whatever you would like, 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Coming up here uh, tonight, the proposal is on the table to dissolve Detroit. We'll tell you exactly what that means. Uh, If we get a chance, of course, your calls come first. If you make them, 855-450-FREE. And with you in the studio, it is Ian here. And Mark. Uh, so, Mark, you brought some uh, stuff to talk about here this evening. One of them being, apparently a man dismissed his own case in court. How does that work? Well, um, this one I got from the Free Talk Live website, where you can go and uh, link to stories or blog posts or whatever it is you want, uh, videos. Um, and people vote them up, vote them down. This one is from the um, the Muslim Nonarchist at uh, freetalklive.com. He recently went on his Hajj, by the way. Yeah, that's I, I did see that. I don't know whether he's back or has yet to go or, or what it was. I think he's back, but I'm not positive on yeah, that. I don't either. Um, you know, the Facebook, you see somebody's going to do something, and that's all you know. So this one is from silverunderground.com, and... It's a, a blog post. Um, let's see. I'm trying to find an author here. Completely unauthored blog post from <laughs> SilverUnderground.com. We've all heard during of jury nullification. How about uh, defendant nullification in Livingston, Montana? This week, a judge walked out of a courtroom while the court was in session. 
while okay. being heckled by an unruly crowd at the behest of the defendant, Joel Boniak. Once the judge was gone, Boniak proclaimed himself in charge of the courtroom and then dismissed his own case. Hmm. Boniak was arrested in July, accused of obstructing a peace officer, resisting arrest, and fleeing from the scene. For those that follow courtroom activism, those are the charges they throw at you when they've got nothing to actually accuse you of. Yep. Without actually knowing the facts of the incident, it's impossible to know what really happened based on the charges. Prosecutors say he failed to stop at a roadblock on his way home, but there's no specific charges related to that. Um, well, I mean, fleeing the scene and, uh, you know, ob- obstructing and all that stuff does kind of speak to that. Um but I mean, you know, if a if they're just doing a um, you know the sort of random roadside check thing, what really obligation do you have to stop? I mean, you haven't done anything wrong. You're not under arrest officially, so it's indeed, kind of, it's kind of interesting. Uh, what but, obligation do I have to submit myself to your process, to your searches, to your invasiveness? Right. Where Where did you get to be the um, you know in charge? But uh, you know, it's kind of it's kind of those are all interesting sort of philosophical questions. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, besides that, he uh, the he the defendant. This is Joel uh, Boniek. Uh, he pled not guilty walked into a scheduling hearing in Park County's Justice Court on Monday, accompanied by an entourage of supporters. But instead of disputing the charges, he instantly disputed the authority of the prosecutor. Coverage of the story refers to the prosecutor as uh, Deputy County Attorney Kathleen Carrick, but seeing as Boniak's strategy relied on questioning her credentials as a county employee and she never demonstrated that she had proper credentials, I suppose we'll just call her Kathleen Carrick. Throughout the hearing, Boniek uh, stifled attempts by Carrick to address the judge, saying, Why is this woman even speaking if she can't prove she's a public official? His objections were rooted in a little-known state law requiring county officials to be bonded and have proof of taking an oath. Carrick refuted his uh, contentions, saying Park County follows state law and fulfills the requirements specified in Montana's legal code, but then she didn't produce any of the evidence of this, which is the whole point. So she couldn't prove that she was bonded. She couldn't prove that she had taken an oath. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, there was some there was some there was a lawsuit filed by what was it Jack uh, something in Florida, the the attorney that that really hates uh, video games. Jack Thompson. Jack Thompson in Florida disputing that most judges hadn't taken an oath there, too. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember. He, yeah. So there's a lot of people running around doing this work that were supposed to take oaths that didn't take oaths. I don't think these oaths really are of any value, and they could just turn it around and start taking an oath. But it's interesting that— um, you know. Well, this is a this is one of the many uh, the myriad of conspiracy theories uh, that we have heard. Or I don't know if that's really a this conspiracy is a conspiracy theory. theory yeah, it, it, this is one of the theories. The court, how about courtroom legal theories yeah. uh, that uh, that we've heard? Clearly, the, over the, the judge years. did not care, right? <laughs> well, right. Did the judge move on despite this Absolutely. man's objections? Yeah, exactly. So let's uh, let's continue. As the tension in the hearing escalated, Boniek supporters became more outspoken when Judge. Badesky told uh, the crowd they were out of order. A man shouted back, "No, you're out of order!" As the crowd is there video of this? I would love to see this video. I don't know what to tell you. It's interesting. All right, go ahead. Okay, yeah, I I, I don't see video of it. There's not a link to video. I'm gonna look here. around here. Go ahead. As the crowd erupted and heckling, Judge Badesky suddenly left the courtroom. Court officials began ordering the crowd to leave, but uh, Boniak's supporters refused. They asked to search Boniak for a concealed weapon, and he refused. Boniak said, the uh, judge has left the room. I'm in charge now. 
He says he considers the case closed at this point. The judge abandoned the courtroom and he announced the case dismissed. He, Boniek, announced the case dismissed and uh, as the last man standing in the courtroom. Uh-huh. But the judge said the case is still on. Oh, just yeah, he will. <laughs> now, look, this is I but know maybe more, the but... judge didn't have credential her, proof of her credentials either. I, I know there's more to the story and I want to get to it here. Um, Boniek, by the way, is a former state representative. That's, for, that's what I thought I'd heard about him. Um, so. There's a similar bit of video from the UK, uh, which purports the same legal theory, and that is that uh, if the judge ab- abandons the ship, because the idea is it's all, uh, what is it that they call it, a certain type maritime of law, law, maritime law or whatever, Admiral- and, that, and that the courtroom's actually a ship, and that when you cross the bar that you're on the ship, and there's all these bizarre theories out there. And uh, they may or may not be true. There's nothing that we can do about it. And the and the suggestion was that the judge left the room. And there's actually video of this, if I'm recalling correctly. The judge left the room, and a man made a similar claim, like, "Oh, he's left the room. I now am in charge of this court." And the uh, same old thing. Oh, I'm the last man standing, and so I dismiss this case uh, to four. And you know, they bang them, you know, whatever, gavel, and then leave. Uh, and and they they call it a day, but that's not going to stop this judge. From coming back into the courtroom, no. looking over there and saying, hmm, it appears the uh, defendant has uh, abandoned this court, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, issue my decision in absentia, and guilty. meaning that you're not there, and uh, we'll find you guilty. Now I'm sentencing you. You are sentenced in absentia now that he is not here for sentencing. Bench warrant. We'll issue a bench warrant for your arrest, and uh, that's an extra charge, right. by the way. Bail jumping. Uh, the so- bailiffs aren't going to arrest him or her. In this case, it's a woman, as I understand it, the judge. Uh, are not going to arrest the judge for doing this. No. Uh, the, the stenographer will go ahead and record everything the judge says. The court reporter will do their... Th- I mean, they're all do right. their little thing because the judge is the one who's in charge i'm not saying it's legal or right or just yeah i'm just saying that that's what reality is and i think that it's just dead wrong that this uh, prosecutor didn't i think that this guy had a great case for something on appeal um that he could say that look the prosecutor never showed her oath of office the mm-hmm. judge never asked for it the bonding wasn't shown the judge didn't show her bonding didn't show her oath of office and uh you know these are important aspects and this this is the law and they violated the law i want my stuff overturned that's an appellate kind of situation not a because i mean you know in these regular court things they often just find you guilty so that you can go back and on appeal so what was it the judge said after the fact in this case, there doesn't appear to be anything the judge said after the fact. Okay, I thought you said that the case was still. The on. judge said the case is still on, just delayed. Okay, maybe she didn't have proof of her credentials either. Right. Eight five five four fifty free. You know, there was somebody that showed up recently on the Shire Society forum at forum.shiresociety.com, which is a, a great place to go. Uh, to you know, not be on Facebook all the time and still interact with other liberty activists here in New Hampshire and kind of get to know some folks before you make the move up here. Uh, and every now and then, one of these legal gurus will show up and they'll introduce themselves and they'll, oh, we're I'm here to help you with your legal cases. I've seen you in court and uh, you just don't know what you're doing. Here's how you do it. And then they go on with this long rambling uh, treatise on uh, how they believe that uh, one should perform in court. And, of course, my first question to this person, this the most recent example, was, do you have any video or, or have you actually tried these things yourself? And his answer was, no, but... I know this and this and this and this and this. Well, look, if you've never you actually done it, right? If you've never actually tried this, 
And beyond that, if you have if you've tried it but you don't have proof you've tried it, you still have nothing. 855-450-FREE. It's Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done. Get a great deal. And a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves here, 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. And we invite you over to the website where you can enjoy the features that we have on the site. We give them away to you. They include our mobile site. For those of you with a smartphone, you can just go to m.freetalklive.com for quick access to our live streams, as well as some of the software you might need to tune them in on your phone. Go to M, as in mobile.freetalklive.com. Like the rest of our site, it's free. If you want to be prepared for some kind of uh, you know disastrous eventuality, well, the book to get is Strategic Survival at strategicsurvival.com. It's scenario-based survival tips by somebody who... You know, made a lot of mistakes along the way. Um, you know, the person who's not a survival special, uh, you know, specialist or expert or, you know, I guess he's an expert, but not a professional. Um, but he's just a busy professional with a hobby of preparedness who wishes he knew all of these things many years ago when he started learning about uh, survival. So go to strategicsurvival.com. Check out the free sh- free chapter there, ch- chapter four. Um, it's available to you for free on the uh, website. And you can buy Strategic Survival at strategicsurvival.com. This is – you should have a hard copy of this in whatever bug-out bag you've got. If you're getting ready for some situation like this, you need to have Strategic Survival at strategicsurvival.com. 855-450-FREE. Let's go to the phones and the fun. We'll talk to Robert in Vermont, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Robert. Robert in Vermont. Do we have Robert going once? Robert in Vermont going twice? Maybe there's something wrong at the board operator side. We'll put him back on hold. Maybe uh, we'll get back to that in a moment. 855-450-FREE. Mark, you just shared with us a story out of Montana, which is it's very interesting. Uh, you've got a former state representative who... I guess has himself a, a bit of a following. He's got a you know a group of folks that came out to support him at court, which is nice to see happen. It's nice to see people coming yeah. out and supporting somebody. It's also nice to see the government uh, losing control of their courtroom. I like it when that happens uh, because that means that people don't respect what they're doing. Uh, because what the government courts do is not respectable in mo- for the most part. Right. Every they now have, and they have to demand, uh, you know, respect because otherwise they wouldn't have a charge called contempt of court. They don't yeah. have a charge called contempt of Walmart. No, they're not earning your respect in these courts. They demand it, and in fact, in in some courts, they'll even arrest you for not standing for a judge. We've seen that happen here uh, to some of our friends. Normally, if you don't stand for judges, that's no big deal. Uh, but every now and then, somebody, you know, some judge will get to stick up his butt about it. They don't and, stand when I come in the room, and they can right, and they can uh, hit you with these contempt of court charges without any evidence, without any trial. 
it's just a, it's considered a power that judges have, contempt of court. It's yes, incredible. It's not even a law. No, it's not at all. It's just kind of the historical thing that they've been able to do and they'll always be able to yep. do. And When judges were lords and, uh, you know, very important people and you weren't. Right. So these now uh, they're just lawyers in black robes, lawyers that weren't successful enough to have, uh, you know, promising careers where they made a whole bunch of money. They ended up, uh, you know, being judges. I um, I would love to see if there is evidence of this appearance of by Mr. Boniak, a former re- representative in Montana, if they actually did record this, because it sounds amazing. I mean, you've got people who are, all, uh, you know, ostensibly yelling back at a judge. Uh, the, it says here that when the judge told a supporter that he was out of order for making too much noise in the courtroom, the man replied with an expletive and said, you're out of order. And in any courtroom I've ever been in, something like that is going to result in a contempt of court charge yeah. immediately. Like jail. So the fact that that didn't happen makes me wonder how many people, because it describes this as a crowd of people. It doesn't say how many the folks dozen, were there. dozen 200 i mean well usually 200 people are not going to fit they in won't a courtroom. let you in i've right. been in courtrooms though where every seat is filled yes. and b- by and large filled with people who are liberty activists and you still better be careful what you say because there's just not that many seats they just don't make that right. many seats they don't want they don't really want the public at these trials it's true uh, at the trials in which there have been large numbers, like at a Damo Freeman's trial for uh, with CopBlock.org when he was on the, the wiretapping trial, there were about 80 or 90 people there. And that was a much larger court than we're used to going to here in Keene. This was a Manchester court uh, in New Hampshire. And the, when you do have a large crowd, there's more that is uh, is gotten away with, but still, they can do what they want. And I wonder why that judge did not charge that man with contempt in that case. And it must be an indicator of the, you know, the demeanor of the people or the fact that, you know, they, I don't know, maybe they were intimidating the, the judge to some extent. Who knows? It's fascinating. And the only way that we'd be able to speculate further or to know more is to, is to actually see the video from this. So I hope that that exists. Either way, it's yet another ridiculous, uh, cons- you know, it's another r- ridiculous legal theory that has no evidence whatsoever behind it. The idea that because the judge leaves the court, uh, that you'll be able to just become the, you know, in charge of the court, order the case dismissed, and that anyone will care about that within the government. That's what this man is alleging here, and there's no evidence for it whatsoever. I think that I you, hope he's successful. I think that you could appeal the judge's decision in that circumstance, saying that, look, hey. You know, the judge left the courtroom. Nobody knew what was going on. I just said dismissed, and everybody walked out. How in the world can they just reconvene when the judge just walks out? She didn't say anything. She's not allowed to do that. So I think that you could probably take whatever her decision was on appeal, mm. but I, I, I don't think for a second that uh, anybody's going to recognize your dismissal as a, a legal thing. I think we've got Robert back in Vermont, and there was a technical difficulty there. Robert, apologies. Go ahead, sir. Hi, how are you guys doing tonight? Good. What's on your mind tonight? Good. Uh, Mark, an interesting question that comes to mind for me, a couple of them, is, is that that uh, requirement for that count, for that attorney, that the prosecuting attorney, is that for just that state or all the states? 
I think that it varies upon states, but it's very common for uh, you know prosecuting attorneys and certainly judges, uh, you know public officials to have to have taken oaths. You're going to have to look through the uh, the laws of your state, and they called it an obscure one here in this this article um, to find out whether or not it's obscure because no one cares whether or not these judges have oaths. Agreed. And I think that uh, there, this is something that is fairly common, at least amongst the legal the courtroom legal theorists, is that oh, all you have to do is ask the judge to show you his oath, and if he doesn't have an oath, then that's it. But, you know, they, he's not a real judge, so therefore they can't hear your case. And it's an interesting okay, so theory. You, so if you had a trial, and you discovered, you know, five, ten years later that, geez, you know, that they weren't on their oath, can that conviction be overturned? Probably not. I mean, I can't imagine that it would, but, you know, I can't see knows? why it couldn't, but, but I mean, you'd have to you'd have to figure it out and have it overturned. If you brought that up in court, I imagine the response from the judge is going to be, my oath is not relevant here. I'm the judge. You don't get to see that. You're the person on trial here. So, yeah, but what if we're talking a county attorney, though? It'd be it'd be interesting to know whether or not these people had these things on file. Not only do they have to have oaths, but they have to have something signed on file. And you can ask for that on file. I mean, if you want to go, it would be better to do it. It would be better to do it now before you're in the middle of a court case, right? So or even after. Right, I mean, if, well, I think you could have something. I realize that, that ignorance is no excuse to the law. But what if you're just finding this out, like I am now? Like I said, uh, if you can go now to, to research this and publicize it, that might be interesting. What it, would it result in? I don't know. If you want to stand, uh, stick with us here, Robert, you're welcome to 855-450-FREE, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. And maybe somebody out there listening has experience with uh, uncovering this information about the lack of an oath. It's Free Talk Live. This is Mark of Free Talk Live. We've been witnessing a meltdown of the economic engine that powers our country. With a printing press tethered to Washington bureaucrats and New York central bankers, how can we trust paper money? For years, I've been buying gold and silver from Midas Resources, and you should too. Call 877-357-9938 for a free book titled 10 Reasons to Own Gold, or go to gold.freetalklive.com. Again, 877-357-9938. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free. Take control of the airwaves at 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that we have waiting for you there. We've got a webcam. You can watch, listen, and interact with uh, other Free Talk Live listeners as the cam is built into the same page as our chat room. So you can go there and enjoy that over at cam.freetalklive.com. And know that all those great web features are brought to you by SACL CAI. You'll see their banner on the right-hand side of our page on the banner column. It's right there at the top. And if you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections, you need to know about SACL CAI. Get in touch with them. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL is run by Jason Osborne. Uh, He is a Huge supporter of liberty-oriented radio programming. Uh, he's been a big-time supporter of Free, uh, Free Talk Live. But not only that, he's also a great uh, activist in his own right, uh, helping organize the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Actually, it was mostly his wife, uh, Sharon, who did an awesome job at that. But the Osbournes in general are really behind uh, 
the Liberty Movement. He's still um, organizing Porkfest this year too. Oh, really? I, I'd heard rumor that he wasn't. Well, he, I I would say that the the way to describe it is that uh, Osborne is uh, CEO of Porkfest. And oh, okay. Has, uh, he's delegating. Has de- yeah, he's delegating to other people. Good because he Sharon doesn't... put him so much work last year that I don't think she wants to hear the word Porkfest uh, mm. for a while. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you'd like to keep your clients as well. So visit their banner through our website, freetalklive.com. It's right there at the top of our banner column. As we go back to Robert in Vermont, uh, Robert, you were talking about checking on the oaths of office for these judges, for instance, and prosecutors. And I think that uh, it's something that is a, is a good idea. Um, it would be interesting to see whether or not how many of them actually have these oaths. Are you currently facing any criminal charges at the moment? Oh, God, no. Oh, okay. Then no, now's the perfect I, I time to do it. remember the last time I had a pair of handcuffs on. Well, then, then <laughs> now's the perfect time to go and look into this because, uh, right. you know, you don't have that over your head. The, the time you don't want to be doing this is when you're standing with, you know, shackles on in front of the judge and then, you know, right. saying, hey, show me your oath. I mean, we I'm, can't I'm, continue I'm, until I'm, you show me your oath. I'm thinking about, you know, the, the uh, amount of people that are behind bars, I mean, especially ones that are doing life in, in, in prison not going to get out. And then you find out 25, 30 years later through DNA, you know, that they're not even guilty at all. You know, same kind of, nobody questioned anything, you know. And I'm thinking that, you know, if we use Mark as an example, if the the county attorney, you know, didn't, you know, have any type of qualifications to be able to try a case, then she, you know, the conviction should be thrown out. It's and a good question. I don't know what one could do. In my case, you're talking about a case that's uh, from 1990, is 1988, so it's a, a very long time. I don't know if you could, if I could, you know, file some kind of paperwork with Manatee County and demand in Florida and demand that uh, they produce the oaths of uh, the people that were in office at the time. I imagine the, I imagine the judge and the prosecutor from my case is there's a good chance they're dead. It, it would be an interesting experiment, though, Robert, and I appreciate you bringing up the uh, the suggestion. And anything else you want to share? No, I'm good. Thanks for Thank the call, you, man. Appreciate it. 855-450-FREE. It would, at the very least, make an interesting uh, re- you know, right-to-information request. Just to it see would, what they came back with. If it's if if that's your hobby, and it's not my right, hobby. right, it would have to be your hobby. You'd have to be into legal theory theorizing in order to uh, to pursue this. Right. I mean, you know, I I have a felony conviction. There's no doubt about it. Um, it doesn't, cha- you know, it is inaccurate um, in that uh, you know it's a murder charge and I didn't kill anybody, but. You know, I mean, I I went and did the prison time, and the fact that they did or didn't do the uh, uh you know the oath of office doesn't really matter. I, I mean, the only thing that ma- matters is is uh, my the right to possess a firearm, mm-hmm. and you know, chances are good that your house isn't going to get shaken down one way or the other. So that doesn't really affect felons too much if they just want to defend their homes or keep varmints out of their uh, gardens or something like yeah. that. Uh, you know, I can't travel to Canada, but I don't think Canada is going to care at this point whether or not I had my sentence vacated. At this point, I have been kicked out of Canada officially, so I would probably have to go through some kind of paperwork to get that undone, mm. too. So it would be a step in getting returned to Canada and the ability to vote in a few states, including Florida, my home state. So our number here, 855-453. We had another gentleman who was on the line who was going to ask a question. He unfortunately dropped off, but I've wanted to answer the question anyway. The question was, are you anarchists? 
But my, do you want me to answer? Sure. This? Absolutely not. I don't believe. I believe that for one, um, anarchists are people that wear black, uh, usually European, and throw Molotov cocktails. Um, I am not one of those people. I do not believe in a world that does not have government. I believe in a world where uh, there isn't a monopoly privilege on the use of force in a given geographic area. I think that that's a step forward in the area of governance. In the same way that um, I can tell you. You can you can look up this word during the English Revolution. This is in the uh, the seventeenth century, sixteen hundreds, mid sixteen hundreds, when the king was taken off the throne and replaced with the you know the the Lord Protector or whatever they called him, Cromwell, and they they called that anarchy because there wasn't an autocrat in charge. Mm. Now there aren't any autocrats, very few autocrats running around. We don't have any more or less anarchy than we did before. So, I mean, the claim then was the new step forward in governance, which is, I guess, a democratic republic, was anarchy. And, of course, the claim of the folks that are in power now that a new step forward in governance where I should be able to choose uh, my government, that that would somehow be anarchy, too. I only propose that, uh, you know, governments have to compete with each other. That's the only way you get good service around here. Mm. I mean, does anybody think the government provides good ser- good customer service? Yeah, I generally agree with where you're coming from on that. I don't like the term anarchist at all. It's got a lot of negative connotations to it. And even if it didn't have the bomb-throwing aspect uh, around it, and it does. And it way does, uh, yeah. Even if it didn't have that, it would still be defining oneself by what one's against. And I'm I'm typically against doing that. I'm not anti-war. I'm pro-peace. You know, I'm not uh, I'm not an anarchist. I'm somebody who believes that humans should interact on a consensual basis. So I'm a voluntarist. I like that term. I like the idea that humans interacting on a, a consensual basis with one another will bring about the best society we can possibly have, as opposed to the current situation where we have a group of people calling themselves the government or the state of fill-in-the-blank, the city of whatever, the United States, uh, believing that they have some sort of mandate to tell people how to live their lives. That is something I don't support. That doesn't make me an anarchist, though, because I think that anarchy... Without even if it didn't have the uh, no you know if it didn't have the bomb throwing connotation would certainly have a connotation of no rules uh, would have a, would have a connotation of uh, a chaos uh, for instance as as it certainly does today and uh, I'm not in favor of chaos I'm in favor of a natural order I'm in favor of a natural order that comes out of people interacting with one another consensually because that's what that's how people behave the suggestion. From people that a lot of people that support the state is that well we need the state because people are animals and people will uh, will kill each other and hurt each other if we didn't have the state well, out there. If the if there are bad people and I agree that there are bad people, wouldn't they be attracted to positions of power? And they are. All the evidence shows that they absolutely are. Right. And I agree. I acknowledge that you know bad people do exist. There is uh, people. You know there are people that will harm others out there. We certainly don't want to give them the and access. And some of to those power. people are so good at being bad that they will be attracted to positions where they can do whatever their bad thing is with impunity. I mean, does anybody right. anybody listening to the sound of my voice believe that politicians? And high-level government bureaucrats are held to the same level of accountability that you and I are? So the uh, suggestion being here that uh, we we can do fine without those folks because most people don't want to kill one another. Most people don't want to bash each other over the head because we figured out that – 
cooperating with one another, treating each other with respect and as though we have rights helps us all get along and it helps us propagate the human race and all the wonderful, you know, the good things that we do. That's an interesting point that you bring up. Did humankind have to evolve through the, you know, the the, the slave master, uh, king, serf, uh, you know, republic and citizen paradigm in order to get where we are? Or was freedom something that could have been worked out from the beginning without communication? Uh, I tend to think question. the former, not the latter. I tend to agree. 855-453. You can take control of the airwaves. At least that's what did happen. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give five bucks a month to the AMP program. It's my firm belief that Free Talk Live's AMP program is the best use of your charitable dollar among liberty-oriented organizations. Support all the organizations you love. But make sure you give five bucks a month to AMP at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We've got a few moments remaining, but enough time for you if you make the call now. 855-453-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us online over at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features on our site. We give it to you, uh, and those other talk show hosts charge you for their site. So go and enjoy freetalklive.com. You can get interactive in a variety of ways, and the main one is that you get to actually create the content that appears on the site, on the front page. The stuff that you see there as you scroll down the page, submitted by listeners just like you. We shared, I think it was the top story, that was on the website tonight. It's if you go to if you go there tomorrow. So if you're listening on the podcast, it changes you, all the time, right? It's going to be different. So uh, there's always something fresh. But that's thanks to listeners like you participating in the site. So again, freetalklive.com. Enjoy that. If you like the show, please become an amplifier at amp.freetalklive.com. It's five bucks a month. We'll take that five bucks in. We'll invest it into the show. Get on more radio stations around the country and bring more internet listeners on board as well. So more people can be introduced to the ideas of freedom. Once again, go to amp.freetalklive.com. TalkLive.com, and you will be able to uh, get special bonuses as well, like access to the Amp Only call-in lines, Amp Only podcast, forum, and more. Get the details. Use uh, PayPal, any major credit card through PayPal, or Visa or MasterCard right on our website to get signed up, amp.freetalklive.com. It's a big deal for us. Really appreciate everybody that amps the show. Larry is listening in Minnesota and Hibbing to WNMT. Hey, Larry. How are you doing? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I appeared in a uh, court case along with my son, who they brought charges up against. He was in a first hearing, and I appeared to come in as counsel with him. Now, this is a right that we have. And what the the courts have been doing and the uh, attorneys is they have been keeping the law as private law to themselves. You'll notice that all your statutes, rules, regulations, etc., are copyrighted law. It's all private law. Now, uh, copyrighted law? I don't think so. I mean, otherwise you wouldn't be able to write it in different places. Well, take a look at your law books. You'll see your copyrights. Well, you, just, cause you write a, um, just because you copyright a law book doesn't mean that the law itself is copyrighted. Well, they do hold the copyright on all the law. I believe that that's true, well, but they tried. They tried this. They tried using copyright on laws in like Washington State a couple of years ago, or something like that, and got slapped down. Well, I can look at the Minnesota law books here, and the copyright is held by the reviser. 
Okay. Because What's... they're all private corporations. Okay. Tell me more. You can go on Dun & Bradstreet, and you can look up uh, Supreme Court, choose your state, yep. you'll see they're yep. trading I've done that. As. I've done that, yep. yep. All, cap- all capital letters, yep. Anyways, the Constitution says you have a right to counsel. And what they do is they use word art. They keep changing definitions. Today they say counsel means an attorney. But when the law was written, counsel meant somebody there to assist you or mm-hmm. represent you. Yep. And in, in, in the case of my appearance, I called ahead to the Sheriff's Department, let them know I was coming in as counsel, private attorney general, federal witness, and I was going to be there with my son. And when they called his name, he stepped up and he started walking up, and I started following right behind. There were six sheriffs in there. And they, they refused to allow me to enter. Mm. Uh, one actually pushed me. Wow. Another one grabbed my arm. So I guess they didn't really care what the law said, huh? No, they don't. Nope. Yeah. That's, that's, that's why none of this of, matters. Uh, well, that, that, that part of the oath that you were speaking of a little bit ago, uh, you take a look at the oath, you look at the form that your Secretary of State puts out, you'll find the oath in one box and the notary in another box. What's that no mean? separate documents, even though they're on the same piece of paper. Uh, that's an interesting theory. I've never heard that one before. Because there's a line drawn around it. It's a separate document. Yes. So, yes. are you claiming that the oath? Are you claiming that if the oath is signed, it's still invalid because the notary's box is separate from it? Correct. That seems like a stretch. But what's the point of all this? Well, the point is what we have is all private law today. And our whole law system is not a law system, it's a legal system. Okay. And you'll, you'll find by uh, the Erie Railroad, 1938, I want to say, uh, they did away with the common law. We're a common law nation, but we're all common law courts. Well, they've done away with English common law in just about every country that has English common law. I mean, it's, it's really gone. It's moved on to something more. This is all interesting uh, legal theory, and I find it very I, – I, I'm being honest with you. I'm not patronizing or anything. I find this very interesting because the, I've spent a lot of time in courts. I'm very familiar with at least how they work here in New Hampshire, and uh, certainly more so than the average person showing up to, uh, to court in the morning. And I find it very intriguing, a lot of these legal theories, and I think that there's some basis for a lot of what's being said. But ultimately, if the courts don't care, and the police don't care, and the legislature doesn't care, who, what's, the, what's the point of knowing all of this? What's the point of all, this, uh, all of these allegations or this alleged knowledge? You cannot change wrongs that you're unaware of. How are you going to change it? You, you have to use their own rules. They're constantly violating their own rules. Yes, they are. refused to allow me in. He was violating the Taft-Hartley Act, closed union. Have you shop. managed to hold them accountable for it? I'm working on it. Mm. And how long this ago did this happen? Quite recent. About two weeks ago. Two, two weeks. weeks ago. Okay, so this is a fresh case. So so yes, I'm curious, what are you going to do? What is your? What steps have you taken? I'm contacting the county commissioners so that I'm... Uh, Exhausting administrative remedy. Uh, I've contacted the sheriff. I actually couldn't reach the sheriff. He would never communicate with me. I had to speak with his uh, oh, top deputy, anyways. Mm-hmm. 
whatever whatever the position was. He's I've had a similar encounter. I've had a similar experiences here. I've talked to the county about the sheriff banning me illegally, in my opinion, from the entire courthouse premises. They told me they couldn't do anything about it. So I uh, imagine you're going to run into a similar roadblock. What next? Well, um, actually, I'm hoping to hear that because I, I'm going down to the land office. I'm going to research the property itself and see who the owner of that property is. Mm-hmm. See, here in Minnesota, um, I can go into the Anoka County Courthouse or the St. Louis County Courthouse, and it's only a state court in the county. All employees... They, they did a three-year phase of all employees over to the state payroll. They're all state employees. They are not county courts. The judges get elected from within the county, but that's as far as it goes. Okay. If you're an American on, on November 2nd, November 6th, whatever, but after that, they roll over to the corporation. And you do know the United States is a corporation. I've heard all of these theories. I think there's some, you know, I think there's I know some validity the towns, to it. Um, are incorporated, but I have yet to see incorporation documents for the United States. That, I, from far as I, I can I tell, it's true. It, I believe it's eighteen three thousand two section J. Yeah, as far as I can tell, it's 18, a true allegation. 18. But uh, you know, ultimately, I've yet to determine what anyone can do with this information. Still waiting to uh, to hear well, your next step. Little, little by little, um, the processes I'll be taking is I'm going to use their own laws. They wrote the books. I didn't. Mm-hmm. And I'll be going in either to a Title 42 tort or a Title 42 civil action. So is it federal? And it's it, federal then? And it, That's right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, it's constitutional violations. I'm fascinated. I think that uh, I would love to you know, have you update us, Larry, as to whether or not you have any success. I don't know enough about the system to be able to take it as far as you have and, w- and apparently intend to. Uh, so keep us in the loop. Let us know how it goes. I wish you the best of luck. It's been my experience, and thank you for the call. It's been my experience, and I don't have experience in federal court beyond seeing some of my friends get railroaded there, uh, like Lauren Canario and, and Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com. But it's been my experience that these cats do whatever it is that they want to do, and you can use their their rules. You know, it's good to know what the rules are. It's excellent to know the rules. Uh, How to win in court. com is a great way to find that information out. But they don't have to follow their own rules. You have to follow their rules, or else they'll put you in a cage for contempt of court. But they don't have to follow their own rules. Now, I don't know what it's like in Minnesota, but I know that here in New Hampshire, the number one rule in district court is that the rules may be suspended at any time that the judge would like to suspend them in the interest of justice. So at any time, the judge may suspend any one of the district court rules that he's supposed to follow. That's the district court rules, though. I mean, that's not like the Those rules of, exist, I think, law. all the way up. I don't know if they exist at the federal level, Mark. But I mean, it doesn't change the rules of evidence and motioning or anything like that. But it does say that, you know, if we, if we say, if you can have a hat one day, that doesn't mean that we have to let you wear a hat every time you come in. No, it can, it can actually mean that if the judge decides he doesn't want to respond to your motion, he can just waive that rule. Might. I mean, <laughs> they will. Well, you, it's an appealable thing, right? I suppose. If you've got the money and time and uh, ability to uh, That's the appeal problem, these is things. The people believe that you're going to get justice in a, in a legal courtroom, and uh, I think the first place you start getting them is in the appellate court. We will be back tomorrow night. You can join us online in the meantime, freetalklive.com. I think the only thing that will solve this is bringing numbers of people to one place. That's Hi, I'm Derek J. I don't want a politician to represent me. To me... 
government is the idea that one group of people can coerce everyone to comply with an edict or face increasing punishments up to and including death. Despite perhaps the most noble of intentions, the best government services are a far cry from what could be provided for by voluntary interactions. Besides, the people who call themselves the government wage wars and put peaceful people in jail for crimes involving no victims. If Starbucks used some of its money to drop bombs, I wouldn't shop there. So why would I support the American empire? The empire does not require my consent. Derek J's Victimless Crime Spree, available now free in HD. See it now at victimlesscrimespree.com.